Welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Ed Hiscock for Act 2 of our two-part conversation. And not to drop too many spoilers on you, but in Act 2, we retake a visit to the world of purpose. Ed shares about his various and sundried degrees and how they don't necessarily go together. To quote from Sesame Street, some of these things are not like the others, or to misquote from Sesame Street, actually. And we also take a look at the the typical formula that men in particular, up until now, have been asked to follow, the prescription, if you will, that men are given as a uh, in order to lead a life of success. There's a lot here, and I've left more out than I have shared with you. So again, no spoilers. Quick reminder, if you have not yet, please come by my website, KenMossman.com. See what I've got going on there and subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. And with that, let's take the plunge into the second act of the conversation between Ed Hiscock and myself. It is a good one. Enjoy. Ed Hiscock, welcome back to Mojo for the Modern Man. Let's let's see where Act 2 takes us. Very good. I'm I'm interested. I gave you so much to unpack in Act 1. <laughs> yeah, you, you did you, you did indeed. Yeah, and when we and when we left, you were you know, we had arrived about that beat uh, the the piece around giving agency to all people in a given system. And before we started recording, you had mentioned, you know, purpose uh, 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 came into uh, Act One. Oftentimes, I didn't pursue it too much with you, but I think it might be a place to start. And you had also mentioned, of course, Viktor Frankl, um, author of Man's Search for Meaning. And uh, so what, what role has purpose played? in your life, personally, professionally, et cetera? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's always there. It's always something that I am, I challenge myself as I make life decisions on how does that align to why I believe, don't know, but why I believe I'm here and what purpose I intend to fulfill. You know, it's a main quote. The two most important days in your life, the day you're born and the day you realize why, right? So I'm just constantly, and there's that why word again, but I'm just constantly challenging uh, what I'm doing today, the decision I'm about to make, the direction I'm about to head, how does that fulfill uh, purpose? And, and and I'm curious because you mentioned the, 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 the TIA, you know, the mini stroke, if you will. Uh, where you lost your speech um, uh, for a short period of time as as a as a as an absolutely pivotal moment, and and I'm curious if there was kind of a whether it was looking at it kind of side eye or or approaching it with curiosity even even before the the the, the incident with the TIA. Was it part, was it even part of your worldview? I, not concretely. I think before the TIA, it was, again, when I, my 
my upbringing kind of formed me in that I would do a lot of reflection. So certainly that exercise component of chasing purpose lived within me. But I was I was lacking the 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 urgency. And I was also lacking the uh oh how would I say the perspective, the context, right? Because my context, again, growing up in a small community, everybody knows your business. I was living in that context. So in the moment, I was carrying the tool bag, working in hospital laboratories, equipment, and building a career, right? So very stereotypical context, build your career. The next step for me should be, I need this kind of training to get to that next step. I need to do these certain things to get the performance there. And, and, uh, you know, and then with the, with the kids and the family, here's what we need to do to get out of this apartment, to get into a home, da, 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 right? So it was very stereotypical what would be expected of society for me, you know, and as society defines what success looks like, um, I, I was in that context. I wasn't in a deeper context that was spurred on with having lost my faculty for a period of time and, and the fear of losing my life, right? So um, that brought a new gravity to it and, and a richness and deepness that, uh, that wasn't there before. I, I I would love to I love your opinion here, and and uh, and the question because I see, you know, in in the work that I do, and I don't want to make this about about my work, but really keep it focused on you. And the, the reason I'm asking your opinion because I see so often, you know, so often, um, and of course it's not just men. I just happen to work with 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 men. That's my area of specialty. But I so often see men who have you know who have followed the cultural formula, you know, the path to success, the ladder, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, getting to a point in their in their life, sometimes it's sometimes it's at a younger age. Oftentimes it's it's middle age you know, middle, middle age, uh, or even later, where they're, they're looking at, you know, here's the path I traveled, I followed, I followed this prescription from the culture. And, you know, I followed it to a T, I did it really well. And, and I'm doing, I'm doing well on paper, by the way, as well, all of the markers of success are here. And I'm just not happy. No, what do you, and this is where I want your opinion, what do you imagine it is? Because this notion is, it, it, it's it, its not new, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a new idea that, oh, okay, you know, maybe this formula is not exactly all it's, all it's, all it's cracked up to be. Um, but what do you imagine it is about the formula that has, continues to give it such staying power even though it doesn't get a high mark. I, that's, yeah. I, there's, there's a lot in your question there. I, I, I would say because it's, it's measurable, it's observable, 
it's clearly not as deep as one would want to go. I mean, the experience I had at age 25 is an experience many people don't have until very late in life. And then you look back and end up regretting that you didn't do whatever. So it was a blessing for me to have that experience that early in life, as terrifying as it was. But it it forced me to do unconventional things. You know, I mentioned I started out as an engineer, and then I went back and got a degree in behavioral science. Those two do not go together in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> right? Unless you're engineering behaviors, but, yeah. which, is, which well, of course is impossible, and, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's just, but, but I wasn't, I didn't have those confines of what society said. You should get your engineering degree and then you go back for a master's in engineering and then you pursue to be the best in your field and, you know, just technically. And, and that, you know, that would be the, the context and, 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 a, and a pre-prescribed path for societal success, but that's not at all where I went. And I, looking back now, there's things that disappoint me about decisions I made in my life. There's disappointing moments, but by and large, can I've been blessed mm. and I, I have had a wonderful career. I have wonderful relationships. There's, I've had an opportunity to touch so many people. Um, and, and that continues. And, and, Sticking to that societal path would have been so narrow and and ultimately, as you pointed out, unfulfilling in the end, likely, given what I've been able to do. I mean, I've traveled around the world. I've I've been to places. Uh, in fact, I had I was on a board the other day uh, in a board meeting talking and I served with some of these people for the better part of a year. And uh, we meet just periodically. And we were just, you know, having the the light conversation before or after the meeting. I forget which, maybe over lunch. But uh, but one of the people across the table uh, said, "Do you drink Dos Equis? And I looked. I'm like, "Where did that come from?" He said, "You're like that most interesting guy. You've been to Russia. You've been all over." He just he was observing all of those things that I had done, and he's only a few years younger than I, but just. I think internally, and I, it would be for him to say, but but I think internally also lamenting, it's like, why didn't I do more interesting things like that? Why didn't I make some of those choices and do some of those, uh, take some of those risks that Ed did? Because he's had such a really cool life. You know, he's that the most interesting man in the world or whatever that Dos Equis commercial is. Pardon the intrusion. I do hope you're enjoying this conversation between myself and Ed Hiscock. Just a reminder, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting delivery service. Let's dive back in. Well, and, and that also, you know, that, that, that also begs another question that there's probably an answer for, which is, you know, uh, 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 of course, par- a part of, again, part of the cultural formula, if, 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 if you will, is, is um, uh, you know, work hard, retire, and then have fun, you know? Yeah. You know, in, in retirement, go do the things that, you know, go, go do the things. And, and um, you know, how often do we hear, uh, I mean, the statistics, I don't know, I haven't looked at them in a, in a while, but you know, typically people don't live that long after retirement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's still the case. Um, 
But if you weren't adventurous, if you weren't living the adventure before your retirement, what makes you think that it's going to be any easier after retirement? Or why, you know, why not if these things are calling to you, you know, and they're doable in a, in a responsible way, you know, go do them. Go you know, them. it's it's interesting that you bring up that as an example, because, you know, Carol and I are talking right now about what does retirement look like for us? We probably got five or 10 years uh, and we'll we'll be headed there, um, maybe less. But uh, but our plans for retirement are in context of what we've already done. It's doing more of the things that we've loved as we've, you know, vacationed and done other things, right? It's We don't want that proverbial house on a lake in northern Michigan um, where you go spend all your time. Mm-hmm. Because that was really cool when we went there. We want to go spend three months in Costa Rica. Go repeat yourself. You just you just broke up for a moment there. Oh. Uh, the, go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. So no, it's uh, we our our retirement plans are completely in context of the really cool things we've done in our life. So we don't want to go get that proverbial house in northern Michigan on a lake and spend all our time there. We want to go spend another three months in Japan because we loved it the week we spent there, the two weeks we were there. Mm. Uh, we want to go spend you know three or four months in Costa Rica, because it was a really interesting country and there's a lot more to experience there. So it's in context of things we've already done. We want to do more of that uh, with more free time. So it's interesting you'd bring up, you know, the the retirement, because that's that's an active conversation for us right now. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You mentioned before we started recording, um, Edward R. Morrow. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I think it was this, I believe. Um, uh, which, which you also mentioned has become an, an, uh, an NPR show. Is it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was in the context of, uh, uh, a, a statement. And so, so walk us, walk us through that. Walk, walk us through that. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a great place to go from purpose. Yeah. It's, and it's, it was a really interesting exercise. So, uh, this, I believe is, uh, and it started out being famous people, and then they migrated to just interesting people or someone you might, it may not be interesting, but they have a story, right? So it, you just answer in less than a thousand words, you answer this, I believe. And it can start anywhere, it can end anywhere, but it really gets you at articulating that purpose, right? And so. I built one of these. It was an the introductory uh, exercise for a leadership academy that we we held at the organization I work at. So uh, it's an executive training and development session. So I wrote this thousand word um, essay. I hate to call it. It's not really an essay. It's too short to be an essay. But but it walks through, and it mine started out with my crazy educational path, how that doesn't make any sense. It confuses people. <laughs> then it gets into my TIA. And then culminates with that sense of purpose and how all of this has come together as we've been discussing here, how all of this comes together and is manifest into how I define my purpose and 
and it really culminates with <clears throat> well actually i can tell you one story that that i use to wrap my this i believe statement and it's uh, it's my carla story and i've shared it with several um i've written about it before but when i first moved from the supplier side of our industry healthcare industry over to the provider side. So working for a hospital, uh, my chosen profession is supply chain, which now post pandemic, everybody knows what healthcare supply chain is and isn't right. <laughs> Nobody no. knew what I did three years ago, but now everybody knows my business, but, <clears throat> but I met a lady it's by the name it's of Carla. It's a different version of that small town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a global version of that. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Ken. But but when I moved from the supplier sector over to the provider sector, I met a lady by the name of Carla. And this was in a, a, a pretty rural organization back up in northern Michigan where I was raised. A little bit later in my career, I had an opportunity to go back up there. Um, my first wife and the kids were up there, put me closer to them to be more involved with them in school and things. So. I took this opportunity to be the director of supply chain at a small health system in Northern Michigan. Carla was there as a buyer and a buyer's role is to negotiate with suppliers and drive costs out um, and, and save the organization money. And most hospitals are not for profit. So every nickel you save goes right back into better care for the next patient that shows up, right? Which starts to get you into my purpose, right? So, but I met Carla and she'd been there for, I don't know, 14 years or something like that. She had was a stellar employee. She clocked right in at 8.30 every day. She went home at 5 every day. She took her breaks on time. She also met her quarterly objectives to save some amount of money in a three-month period. <clears throat> Without fail, she was very good at what she did. But the lights weren't on. Mm. I, it's like, do you know what you're doing? Do you know that every nickel you save goes back into better care for the patient? So. I approached our CFO, and it, this is an exercise that drove him nuts, but uh, but I said, Jim, would you mind if we took item number 14 on the capital wish list? So the exercise every year is to submit your capital. Every department head submits, I need this capital to provide this type of patient care. We go as far down that list until the capital is exhausted, and then you draw the line. And unfortunately, item number 14 this year, we couldn't afford and it happened to be a bone densitometry unit. Mm -hmm. And I said, Jim, I'd like to give that to Carla as her goal for this quarter instead of a dollar. If, if she can save enough money, will you use those monies that she saves through negotiating with other suppliers? Will you be able to take those monies and buy a bone densitometry unit that we clearly need here in this community? He agreed. I gave Carla that, and unbeknownst to me, Carla and her family were taking turns tripping grandma 60 miles away to get her bone scanned at some frequency. I forget what it was. Wow. You did not want to be the next handful of suppliers that called on Carla. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was going to save enough to buy that unit. And sure enough, she did. And, but what it did was the lights came on, right? She now understood that how her work turned into better clinical care. For people in her community and in this uh, case her grandmother their grandma yeah so um and that just that really solidified 
I, for me, what I could do with how I'm wired and my choice of profession and how that turns into purpose. And so that's really been the journey for me. It's been through my career, which I really don't work a day in my life. I love what I do. Mm. So, but it's, it's about helping connect those dots so that others are, they get as motivated. And then it culminates with the Carla story culminates with, she ended up succeeding me, taking the director role. And then later on got elected mayor of the town. So, um, so it's just a, it's one of those stories that for me just kind of embodies now as I, I'm intentional about influencing others using those behavioral science skills to influence others in my chosen profession um, and, and inspiring other Carlos. And I've been blessed that there's a, a whole list of them. And one of them, Ken, is the lady that introduced you and I. Um, Megan. Yep. She's yeah. amazing. And she's built an amazing um, business for herself. Um, and, and I'd like to think that I had some little influence in that, you know? So, uh, so that's, that's kind of how my, this, I believe culminates in, in that Carla story. That's a real story about real people that to this day are doing real and good things. Beautiful. So I know we have to go in just a minute here, Ed, and, uh, what would your suggestions be for someone who's perhaps listening and thinking, "Wow, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to begin digging into my own purpose"? Where would you point them to start? It really, just I think I'd go all the way back to that those five whys, right? I, I don't think it's it's my opinion that you're not going to get what you need from a book. Um, you are more likely to get it in two ways. Uh, one, uh, reflection and, and just kind of challenging yourself. And, uh, and two, experimentation. And that involves others, right? So that's engaging others in conversation. That's engaging others in, in exercises that, uh, that I think can culminate in you understanding your own self in context of how others would see or how better yet, how others would value. Um, not just see, it's important, but how others would value or get value from your decisions and your influence in their life. because. If it's just about how others see you, that'll get you right back to that societal norm that we all start off pursuing and that oftentimes ends up being less than fulfilling late in life. Yeah, beautiful. Well said and, and a brilliant recommendation. Ed Hiscock, it has been an absolute delight speaking with you. And thank you so much for joining me. Oh, absolutely. I had a blast, Ken. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. 
Thank you so much for joining me, Ken Mossman, your host here on Mojo for the Modern Man, and of course, my guest, Ed Hiscock. And you can check out Ed's web links and social links, etc., on the intro notes for today's show, which I would certainly encourage you to do. And I do hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Reminder, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting delivery service and come by my website, KenMossman.com. See what I've got going on, depending on when you're listening to this. The new site may indeed be up and uh, very excited about that. You get to, if, let me put it this way, if I have facial hair, you're on the new site. If I don't yet, come back in another few days or another week or so, but come by either way, check out what I've got going on there. Every episode of Mojo for the Modern Man is available, and you can subscribe to my weekly writings, check out my I Am class, and a bunch of other good stuff there. A quick shout out of gratitude to my team, Carly Farrar for her copywriting expertise, Megan Johnson, my assistant who keeps me on the straight and narrow, and both of them at Knack and Company. And of course, to Josh Hines, musical master and audio editor extraordinaire. Next week, we'll be back with part one of my conversation with Alan Heyman, and he starts off talking, of course, about his childhood growing up as the child of immigrants and his experiences visiting Israel and being surrounded by, how would I say it, the ancient place that it is, and of course, so much more. With that, be well, take care, and we'll see you back here soon on Mojo for the Modern Man.